Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast it's the Darkest Timeline podcast. Just me today. No guests because uh, I don't have guests. Uh, but what I do have is games, movies and TV chat. Stuff I've been watching, playing and doing. And uh, something from the week when it was recorded. So there you go. Whilst I've got your attention, right at the start of all of this, maybe I could just ask you to quickly subscribe wherever you get in this podcast. And if you're already a subscriber, grab a friend, family member, stray dog, and ask them to also subscribe. They will love you for it. Trust me. Here we go. This is CookieCast, The Darkest Timeline. Hello. How you doing? You alright? Good. Now we have to go through. Anybody remember ages ago when I'd start a podcast and then spend 10 minutes moving things to get set up? Well, we're apparently back to those days. So how's your week going? Is it going well? Going good? You're having a good time? Good. Um, this is going to be a short podcast. I have nothing to talk about of any real merit. Now, anybody who's listened to the podcast before might think that's no different to any other time. But we'll see how we get on. Um, so, since we last spoke, um... It's been a birthday, been a birthday in the house. Um, So my middle daughter uh, had a birthday. Um, So, sort of presents, sort of unofficial party out. Um, So... She came and she uh she opened her presents. Um it's always a difficult thing because it's just kids in it. Kids of certain ages. Um You know, they never they can never tell you what they want. Um which never helps anything. And then you you get stuff and it's like uh, I did the best I could with with the information I had, which was no information whatsoever. Um, but I I think it went well, and she opened all her gifts, seemed to be pleased. A clear sign that she uh, that she did like and enjoy the things that she got was that she opened and used them all, um, which. I think it's probably a good sign. But it's got that thing in there that, you know, it's only two minutes ago that we had Christmas, so it's always that problem with those early birthdays, or in fact, late birthdays. Um, 
So, birthday party. Yeah. They're stressful. They're really stressful. Um, it wasn't a party. It was it was a unofficial party. Um, but I asked her if she wanted to invite people to play and or or do an activity and where they would like to go. So uh, the the prospect of going to Creepy Crawlies on a Saturday afternoon. Not up there at the top of a list of priorities for me. But if if one of my children says they want to do something, then uh, within reason, that's what we're going to do. So, um, she picked a couple of friends. Um, well, that was that. So, invites were, were done. Would you like to come to this thing? Um, nearly everybody came. Um, which was good of everybody. You have that moment where, like, the the time of the party passes, and then you're like, "Why if nobody comes?" Um, because you know you don't want to be in that situation because that would be awful. Um. But as it was, nearly everybody came. So, that, and they had the opportunity to play. They had the opportunity to, uh, to have some food. Um, go and see some animals. I've never been in the outside area. Um, which, I feel I've probably missed out somewhat, because the outside area was massive. And there was animals and like a, like a fun fair. Uh... So that's probably something I should go back and check out in the daylight, maybe. Um, the time we were there, the time moved really weird. Like, one minute I kept checking the time, I was like, is it me or is time just not moving? I think that's often with, like, with like high-stress situations. Um, and then... There was a point where I'd like check the time and then check the time again and like half an hour had jumped by. Um, so yes, it was uh, it was a very stressful situation because uh, in a lot of ways I kind of felt like I was doing it on my own. Um, I took all the children and Lance stayed at home with the dog. Um, so. That in itself would have been probably a little stressful, but then when you've got other people and other people's children, um, I invited podcast alum Edward and uh, and his good lady to come, and uh, and they did bless them. Um, so I had that sort of moral support, moral backup. Um, but in hindsight could have definitely done with some actual um, additional help um, however um, certainly one of the parents that was there 
was an amazing help. Um, and Ed and uh, and his uh, his good lady were also a huge help. Um, you know, one of those points in time where somebody asks you if you want a coffee and you realise at that moment where you're just like, that is the thing I need. That is the thing that will sort everything out. It will, it will, it, it will calm everything down. Um, so little things, little things do uh, do matter and do make a difference. Um, had the uh, had the difficult sort of juggling act of um, the youngest, my youngest. Uh, versus my oldest, eldest, being the... My eldest doesn't want to spend the entire time that she is in a place like that just dealing with my youngest. Because my youngest doesn't want to always do what my eldest wants to do, um, and vice versa. So I had to sort of make sure that she wasn't just lumbered with the youngest whilst also trying to maintain the party moving forward, you know, presents, um, food, make sure there's plenty of time to play, so on and so forth, see the animals, all that sort of stuff. Um, but, as in, as in any of these situations, I think you have to count... The small wins, the small victories, the small things that you can take away from this. Nobody died. Big win. No broken bones, no injuries of any sort that I remember. My youngest nearly got ate by... Nearly got ate. My youngest nearly got eaten by a horse. Managed to intervene there. Um, So... A win's a win. Whether it's by an inch or a mile, a win is a win. And that was basically that. The uh, that child's birthday is over for another year. I'll locate my drink. Here it is. Oh. Not sure drinking a drinking a goes was the right idea whilst doing a podcast. Oh. Um, in the last week, there's been something that's happened in the last week, and it hit me hard. Um, obviously, you know, from where I record these to where you hear them, there's a few weeks, um, but. I had I, I I was sent the news um, that singer and actor Meatloaf had passed away. Um, and it hit me hard. I am not. I'm not gonna lie. It hit me hard. Um, don't know how to say it any other way than actually saying it um i used to be a huge meatloaf fan so um, you know my 
my music taste grew from um, the first music I ever chose to listen to was Def Leppard, somewhere about 1986 or something, um, and it just went from there. Um, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, um, those were the big ones growing up, and then um, Meatloaf, me and a lot I went to school with were, were big, big Meatloaf fans, um, and um, Somebody I was once in a relationship with, uh, in a relationship with, was also a big Meatloaf fan. Um, that that music, that artist, obviously, there's the point in time where he was in um, Fight Club, um, Rocky Horror. So there's also the acting side of thing. Um, it's great in Fight Club. Um, <coughs> So that person's kind of been with me through various points in time. I can remember like key points in time um, that had that sort of backing track of his music. And then even years and years and years later, talking to um, people who have that sort of, I suppose, classic rock background, um, eventually... It's gonna fall on on meatloaf, um, and you know it's one of those things. He was seventy four, which is a reasonable age. Um, apparently, he'd been in quite ill health recently. Um, so, yes, it was it was a, a difficult thing to hear. Um, obviously, I had to spend an entire day um, in tribute to Meatloaf, listening to uh, <clears throat> a variety of classic Meatloaf tracks. Um, I do have a tendency to stay away from like the big ones. Um, I like sort of the the lesser known ones. So yes. Rest in peace, Meatloaf. Um, your music was the soundtrack to my life at one point in time. Um, sad to see you go. Um, but it, it, it brought about that sort of thought of, oh my word, um, I'm reaching an age, and I'm sure they're reaching an age, where I'm going to see uh, heroes of mine um uh, pass away um, I've always said you know moment in time that any member any current member of Metallica dies will be a sad day in this house obviously um, you know a member of Metallica has died previously and that's very very sad um, but yes any surviving members um, the one that I always sort of for because of again an age thing from being a certain age um and especially 
the fact that for the majority of his life he's de- dealt with illness was Michael J. Fox. Uh, another person that I sort of grew up watching through like Family Ties, Back to the Future, <clears throat> a whole host of other movies, Spin City being a big one. Um, I believe that that was sort of the back end of his acting um, cameos that he did. I know he did a couple of episodes of Scrubs, which were very good. Um, but has dealt with Parkinson's pretty much. Well, I think I think it's safe to say the majority of his life, um, and that's very sad. Uh, Richard Pryor was quote, quoted as saying, "Parkinson's the disease that doesn't kill you; it just makes you wish you were dead." Um, so yeah, I had, a, I had to reflect on, you know, how, like I say, heroes. How heroes' deaths affect you. Um, so yeah, very sad. Very sad to have lost. Um, to have lost meatloaf. I kind of want to double back on something. Um, I wrote, I wrote my list in a particular way. Um, and although the third thing on my list is what it is, actually relates to the first thing on the list. But I want to talk about, like, genuinely good people. So, um, Dot's birthday, she had a party, went to the party. Um, and, and his partner came, and, like I say, somebody can just say something as simple as, oh, do you want a drink? Would you like a coffee? And that can be like a like a saving grace kind of thing. Um, Ed had generously um, got birthday card for my daughter. Um, had very generously given her some money for a birthday, um, but had also got a card for my eldest, and had put money in there as well. And explained at length that that was because um, he's bought stuff for for my middle daughter previously, um, but it always seems to miss my eldest's birthday, and couldn't have been much more touched by a gesture. It's very kind. Uh, it was unnecessary, but still incredibly kind thing to do. Um, and it got it got me thinking on this sort of this thought of genuinely good people, um, and the fact that being in the place where we were um, was potentially and po- probably quite a difficult situation um, for Ed to be in. Very loud, lots of children, lots of. Uh, it's, it's just, I would say it's organised chaos, but I don't know where the organisation would come into it. Um, obviously, weekends and evenings, people's downtimes. Um, but he he stuck it out there for a good um, hour or so. Interacted with other people, kept 
certain wheels turning. Um, one of the other parents that was there, I think, had sort of realised and seen and sensed that I was kind of doing it on my own and um, immediately switched over to parent mode to let's get this, let's steer the ship the right way, let's get this party party done. Um, another parent had offered to help out by um, looking after my youngest and between all of these people we we collectively got through it we walked out alive at the end um and it's that thing it's that situation of that could have easily gone a completely different way that could have been a situation where somebody could have said oh i know i said i was going to come but i'm not and you know that aspect of things and just small details to some people are big details to others um i was very thankful of these people very appreciative these people that, that helped me to do something for someone else or for a, a group of other people um and it was it just made me very thankful very appreciative um a reminder that there are still good people out there in the world um and like i say feeling fortunate enough to spend time with good people as i said previously i didn't have a massive amount of stuff to talk about um one of those things I often find in, in situations like this that I've got a lot of stuff that I could say uh, and a lot of it falls into the category of I um, I don't know what's me rambling there are situations where there's stuff I want to talk about but I feel like I can't um, there are there are there are other things um, but on the flip side, I was like, you know, sometimes the list is huge and sometimes those podcasts are lengthy. So let's try and just go with an, an, an it is what it is podcast. Let's talk entertainment. See, that's how quick that happened. Um, I am still plugging away at Burn Notice. Um, it's it's just it's just difficult to watch. It's not the show that it started out as. It's um, taking another sort of bit of a turn recently. Um, I think they've probably maybe felt like it was getting away from what it was supposed to be, so I don't know if they're maybe trying to bring it back a little, um, which is probably a really good idea. Um, I feel like I might be drawing to the back end of Series 6, which would 
put me only, let me just have a quick look. Uh, it would put me only one series away from finishing. Let's have a look. I know I say this every time, but you can't tell me it's a coincidence that they did 111 episodes. Uh, where am I up to now? Okay, so there are 18 episodes, and I think I'm on episode 14. No, that's not it. What about this one? No. What about this one? Yes, I am on episode 11. Um, so, a little bit of ways to go with this series, and then, let's face it, at this point in time, I've only got a series left, so I'll probably look at finishing it. Um... I read an amazing thing today about why we find it difficult to watch new things. Um, and apparently it's to do with um, not having the emotional space to uh, to dedicate to new characters and to new situations. It's fascinating. Um, however, speaking of new things, I have watched the first two episodes of Cowboy Bebop, the live action series. Or it's the first episode, and I'm I was pleasantly surprised because everything I heard said that it was garbage. I watched the first episode. I was like, "This this feels like the anime. This feels very much like um, like you would want it to." I don't see what the problem is. I don't see why people have been saying that it is not good. Or it's the second episode. I was like, "Oh, there it is." Um, yeah, went downhill massively, dropped like a stone. Obviously, at this point in time, I'm going to have to give it more of a chance. Um, I don't relish the idea, but maybe it was just a bad, you know, a singular bad episode. I have the feeling probably not. Um, and I have my own theories on these things, largely around things like, I believe Netflix does this on purpose. Um, but I could go into at length uh, my theory on this, which I don't think anybody really wants to hear. Oh, definitely a bad idea to get a goes. So... If you watch more, I'll keep you posted, obviously. Um, speaking of watching things, Saturday night I watched not one, but two movies. Um, both of them I've seen before. So there's that. But uh, one was a DC animated movie, which I watched with my eldest, which was Superman Batman Apocalypse. Um, in DC animated movie nurse, I believe... Probably the first time that Supergirl comes into it. So we get a bit of Supergirl backstory. 
uh, and that sort of stuff. Um, one of those things, watched it with my eldest. Um, and the next day we were talking about it, and we both said that we thought it was really good. Um, I was saying how oh, this is sort of the time where DC were really pushing the boundaries of what they could achieve through animation. Um, if somebody as supposedly as strong as Superman hits somebody who is as strong, maybe stronger, sort of, it, it's going to cause like a bomb level kind of explosion. Um, so it's, it's at a point that they really started pushing that boundary. Um, having seen it and knowing that my eldest hadn't, uh, it was that thing where I knew what was coming towards the back end. Um, it's very much set up to make you think um, it's finished and then it uh, it dupes you and uh, it is in fact not finished. Um, I was pleased with the uh, situation where like I said, we, we, me and my eldest spoke about it the next day. Uh, she was saying it was the, the best one she's seen so far. Um, I think that's just one of those things that the most recent one you've seen, as long as it's good, um, it kind of, it's kind of up there as a, oh, that's, yeah, that was, that's the best one I've seen because it's the one I can remember the, the clearest sort of thing. The real test is going to come when, uh, I highlight to my eldest that, um, Having all of these films on like Blu-ray and stuff means that she has the option to watch them again and seeing which ones that she picks out as ones to watch again. After that, it was uh, it was Saturday night in this house. And Saturday night for me is more often than not sitting watching a movie, eating a cheap meal, and uh, trying to trying to relax from the stresses of the week. Uh, as I was saying previously, reading that stuff about why we can't always commit to watching new things was very interesting. I uh, I scoured two of the three streaming services that I have access to looking for something, um, you know, intentionally looking for something new, and I didn't find anything. What I did find was a film that has been on my list of rewatch for quite some time. What it meant was that I was going to have to watch three films before it, to get up to it. Um, I've set myself the task of watching all of the Spider-Man films. My intention is to watch them all in order and then watch the new one, whether that's going to the cinema to see it while it's still there or I imagine more than likely waiting for it to be released on Blu-ray type deal. So... The film I'd seen was Amazing Spider-Man, but what that meant was I was going to have to watch the first Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi. Um, those films have a special place in my heart because they were Marvel movies when we didn't get Marvel movies every eight seconds. And they were characters that we didn't get to see on the big screen. And it was maybe, was it going to see Spider-Man? I went to see it at midnight and I was drunk. 
And when Spider-Man came up on the screen, I cheered in a uh, mostly empty cinema. Let me check the year. Yeah, 2002. So it will have been that one. Um, and that's the sort of thing I mean. The sort of thing I mean is like it's a big thing to be getting stuff like that when, when you're a fan of these things. So those films hold a special place in my heart, um, and that's that. So I sit down. I've got my cheat meal in hand. Pop Spider Man on. But it's a while since I've seen it, and whether those films have a special place in my heart or not. It was almost like I was seeing it for the first time in some ways. Because those films, as time's gone on, have taken a lot of criticism. Um, especially the third one. I believe the second one's quite uh, highly regarded. Some of the criticisms that were made about how all of the quote-unquote children at the school were all like 40. Um, that was very noticeable watching it this time. Something that I had never noticed about the first Spider-Man, is how massive amounts of it don't make any sense. Like once the Green Goblin comes into it, he spends half of the film just wanting to be Spider-Man's mate. Like, oh, let's be friends. Spider-Man's like, I don't want to be friends because you're a bad guy. He's like, yeah, but I'm going to do loads of really elaborate things to get you to be my friend. Like, he, he, he announces himself to the world as basically a supervillain, but spends his time just being like, oh, Spider-Man, will you be my friend? Spider-Man's like, no. He's like, oh, maybe if I come up with a, a more elaborate way to ask you to be my friend. And then, spoilers, there's the bit at the end. Again, spoilers, if you haven't seen a 20-year-old film at this point. Um, there's a bit at the end with MJ, Mary Jane, where uh, he's been after her that entire film. And then she's like, oh, I finally realised that I'm in love with you. And he's like, yeah, we should be friends. It makes no sense. Watching it this time, like I say, 20-year-old film. I was like, I don't know if this film makes a huge amount of sense. It was strange watching it again after all this time. So, talk some computer games. Um, there's one that I hadn't written on my list. I'm going to quickly talk about it. Um, I wanted something... Um, new-ish to play. Um, so I looked through a list of games that you get for free. Um, PS4 to PS5 upgrades for free if you've got PlayStation Plus, and found the game Persona Five. Not really a game in my wheelhouse, but I was looking for something different out of the box. So I was like, yeah, I'll download it. It's free. Um, saw some reviews and stuff that were like, oh, this game gets going right from the start. Had a conversation with uh, podcast alum Sam, 
and he was like, oh, if the last two games in the Persona series are anything to go by, they're super slow, you don't really do anything for the first three to four hours. I was like, oh, well, the review I saw said that it, it kind, of, kind of got going from the start, so don't know about that. Um, having played the first hour or so, I can say this: it does indeed get going straight from the straight from the get go. You're straight in the action, and then immediately turns into wandering around. Now I am judging this game overly critical, overly harsh because I've only played a little bit of it. But there's a reason for that. Um, now I'm going to say something. And what I'm going to say is. My intention is to go back to it. But. Um, I also at the same time downloaded Final Fantasy 15. Because you know what. If I couldn't play that game the first four times. Maybe this one's the time. Maybe now's the time to play it. Luckily, it has transferred my saves over, so I've discovered that I have played that game for nearly 60 hours. I also discovered that I was stuck on it, which was why I'd stopped playing it. Um, thanks to YouTube, I managed to get unstuck and progress in that game. However... There's so much wrong with that game, I can't even go into it. And I ended up feeling like I just needed... I just needed something something familiar, let's say. Um, and I know what you're going to say before I say it. But hear me out. Um, I put Avengers on. Now, there's a reason for this. I played Avengers on the PS4. And then I played Avengers on the Xbox. And when I played Avengers on the Xbox, I found that because I'd started from the beginning, I realised that the stuff at the beginning is actually the best stuff in the game. It's only when it tells you to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again that it's just a baffling concept. The other thing that's really, really annoying about that game is they made one of the worst characters the main character. I'll have spoken about this at length. But it's super off-putting. It's like, oh, uh, you need to go and do this entire mission as this character. And it's just that groan of, oh, God, no. Bearing in mind, having played Guardians of the Galaxy, which was exceptional, it's like, how? But, I'm testing a theory. Pretty sure that I had the option to finish Avengers when I was playing it on the PS4, and chose not to, because I was kind of trying to attempt to do, like, each of the heroes' side missions to get their stories. But again, that concept is so heavily broken it was nigh on impossible but I had the last mission there to play and just never played it so my intention be what that you know is to try and finish it 
And that's to just finish the story and be done with it. Once and for all. Maybe. The biggest problem you've got is that it's probably one of the best Iron Man games that there's been. Because when you play as Iron Man, they've got the Iron Man side of that game down so well. It, it's painful how, how good they've got the Iron Man side of things. Could do with a boost when you're flying. That's all I'll say. Other than that, they have got that Iron Man down. Which is why it's so annoying. Because you want to play as Iron Man. You want to play as Iron Man. Let's play as Iron Man. And then you're like, oh, let's play as this other character who's not anywhere near as good as Iron Man. Cool, let's do that, shall we? Anyway, I have talked at length about Avengers previously and, and my uh, my dislike for it as a concept, not necessarily as a game. That is actually it. That's the podcast. We are done here. Short, sweet, to the point, kind of. Thank you for listening along. Um, I'd like to say I'll have more for you next week, but who knows? Might be another quiet one. We shall see. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. So there you go. What do you think to that? Another one done. Another week gone. Huh, where does the time go? I tell you. Thank you for listening along. Thank you for watching if you're watching, and thank you for subscribing if you're subscribing. That's a hint. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. See what we've got going on over there. Drop us a line using our social media links or our email address. And we will get back to you in some way, shape or form. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then.